Step right up and gather round. Tall folks kindly at the back, please. I am Professor Gruntsplatter, and I am the curator of this here spookatorium before you now. I have sifted the globe to bring you lovely folks and ones just like you, an experience that will transform the world you thought you knew. Through these doors are wonders, horrors, and maybe even a laugh or two from the dark corners of every street today, all back through recorded time. You will hear music and tales of the unknown, mysterious, and maybe even diabolical. That's right, folks. There are strange things beyond this threshold. But if you weren't curious, you wouldn't be here. So now, will you take a chance and come on in, or will you saddle up to the concession stand and always wonder what you missed? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Professor Grunsplatter's Spookatorium. There will be no refunds once you enter. Thank you for your attention, and the brave ones, come with me.
lamps are lulies in your closet and your lamps are made of bones. I'm watching through the window, so you think you're safe at home. Well, I laugh as you burn in hell. I'm your accomplice and your victim. I'm your redemption and your salvation. I'm your revival, but not survival. Cause I laugh as you burn in hell You talk to girls out on the street Somehow they never make it home Keep their heads around the house To forget that you're alone I see the smoke, it's rising As the flesh comes off your bones And I laugh as you burn in hell I picked you up outside a bar And I took you to the back I've been watching you, poor thing You thought you'd never meet your match You're writhing in the corner Oh, come on, it's just a scratch And I laugh as you burn in hell I'm your accomplice And your victim I'm your redemption And your salvation I'm your revival But not survival Cause I laugh as you burn in hell Cause I laugh as you burn in hell Greetings once again. Welcome to Professor Grunsplatter's Spookatorium. I am Professor Grunsplatter. Uh, episode 16, it took a little longer to get this one done than I had expected. I ended up moving. Um, but I'm all set up now, and they should come a little more frequently. Uh, the first track that you heard was from Nazca, uh, a track called Intelligence, and then following that was Dante's Voodoo Cabaret with Burn. If you haven't followed the site at www.spookatorium.org since the last podcast, here is a quick overview of some of the stories that have been posted. Galactic Suite is a space hotel that is in development with a projected opening date of 2012. We hear about these kinds of projects from time to time, and they fade from the headlines and rarely seem to actually materialize. The thing that I thought was interesting here was the target date of 2012. December 21st, 2012 is the date that the Mayans predicted a catastrophic change for the world. There's an argument over exactly what that means, whether it's the end of the world or the dawning of a new consciousness. The Galactic Suite is a way for those that can afford uh, a $4 million plus stay in outer space to not be on the planet should that happen. Uh, there are links to articles and a History Channel docu- documentary about the Mayan prophecies on the website if you want to see more about that. Uh, some MIT grad students have come up with a way to farm humans as a source of electricity. The research has shown that the pressure of humans congregating, uh, like it subway platforms or stadiums, etc., could be transferred into energy through pressure-sensitive surfaces. They admit that the practicality of this may be limited outside of contained environments. Um, I speculate that perhaps a prison might be a suitably contained environment and question what the repercussions of loading a contained space with electromagnetic fields by turning the floor beneath people's feet into a generator 
might do to the perception of those within it. Uh, it has been demonstrated that exposure to high EMFs, uh, electromagnetic fields, uh, can lead to hallucinations and are frequently associated with hauntings. Uh, there's a look at the long-running symbolism of goats and three recent stories that suggest the goat's place in mysticism remains current in our collective consciousness. A story about the persecution of witches and premature burial in New Guinea as a reaction to their monumental AIDS crisis. I also have a couple stories from the animal kingdom on a 600-foot-long section of trail and shrouded with spider webs. In Texas, a German man who was killed and eaten by his pet insects and reptiles with cinematic results, and a leech invasion sweeping down from the mountains of Japan. Uh, you can find links and commentary on all of these at spookatorium.org, and feel free to leave your comments. I'll continue to add stories between podcasts to the site, so keep your eyes peeled for that. Next up is a track from Download. Uh, this is called Mother Son. What if this is never right here? My name is River off to you. What is this if it's in your mind? The UI fought with the moon and called it the tides. I made sure that the earth was brown. I led you semi-conscious. I'm a better father. In heaven we love abiding.
Opening up that last set was Download with Mother Son. Uh, following that was Reveal the Four Seals from Spectre. The International Brotherhood of Magicians has released this uh, press release for an event that they've got coming up at the end of October. Uh, on Saturday, October 27th, 2007, escape artists around the world will participate in the second Worldwide Escape Artist Relay the largest coordinated performance by escape artists in history. Uh, the World Escape Artist Relay will circle the globe as escape artists around the world perform a variety of thrilling escapes. Each performer will document his or her performance as it takes place. Uh, it will reunite. It will unite to restore the art of escape to its rightful place in the public imagination. The first event of its kind was held October 29, 2005, when over 50 escape artists participated in the historic event, escaping from handcuffs, straitjackets, chains, steel drums filled with water, steel boxes, packing crates, and the notorious water torture cell before a collective audience of thousands. Uh, the Worldwide Escape Artist Relay 2007 will set the record for the largest number of escape artists performing in a coordinated event. This year, some of the performers will include Wolflock of Johannesburg, South Africa, cuffed and chained inside an exploding box. Bizarro of Little Rock, USA, Arkansas, escaping from a straitjacket while being beaten with a baseball bat. Richard Sherry of Calgary, Alberta, Canada, will be performing The Devil's Nightmare. Dave the Cryptic of Galveston, Texas, will escape from a variety of devices while connected to two electric winches pulling at him in a stunt called Torn in Two. Cindini, aka Cynthia Morrison of Palm Beach, Florida, will escape the gallows. Ed Underwood of Wichita Falls will perform Escape from the Grave. And Dr. Wilson of Bar Harbor, Maine, will be doing a little something called The Spider's Embrace. In addition, there will be a multitude of others around the world escaping from various cuffs, shackles, and straitjackets, underwater, on the ground, and dangling in the air. In other sideshow-related news, uh, let's see, the Lansing State Journal out of Michigan is reporting that Eduardo Aroca, the man once known to Coney Island as Eek the Geek, is going to law school, and he's doing quite well, thank you. Born in Mexico City, Eduardo went uh, from a street vendor in Albuquerque to ultimately spending 14 years with the Coney Island Circus Sideshow. The Coney Island Circus Sideshow website explains Eek's work as this. Eek the Geek is the senior cast member of the Coney Island Circus Sideshow. A native of Mexico City, Eek has become internationally infamous as both a pain-proof man as well as the man whose face is tattooed like outer space. Eek's solo act displays his many tattoos, includes a lecture on diversity, and stands three audience members on his chest as he lies sandwiched between two beds of nails. In May 2007, Eek graduated magna cum laude from Marymount Manhattan College, and just this month began attending Cooley Law School in Lansing. Uh, he's attending, uh, he's intending to eventually open up a practice that will help those who live a bit beyond the mainstream. So, props to Eek. Coming up next is 15 Men on a Dead Man's Chest from In Gallon Ring. 15 Men on the Dead Man's Chest. Yo ho ho, and a bottle of rum. Drink under the devil, had done for the rest. 
My face is finished. My body's gone. And I can't help but think standing up here in all this applause and gazing down at all the young and the beautiful uh, with their questioning eyes that I must above all things love myself. That I must above all things love myself. That I must above all things love myself. I saw a girl in the crowd I ran over, I shouted out I asked her if I could take her out But she said that she didn't want to I changed the sheets on my bed I combed the hairs across my head I sucked in my gut and still she said That she just didn't want to I tried best to stay up late I fixed the hinges on her gate But still she just never wanted to I bought her a dozen snow white doves I did her dishes in rubber gloves I called her honeybee I called her love But she just still didn't want to She just never wants to type of flower, I played a guitar by the hour, I patted her revolting little chihuahua, but still she just didn't want to. I wrote a song with a hundred lines, I picked a bunch of dandelions, I walked her through the trembling pines, but she just even then didn't want to. She just never wants to. I thought I'd try another tack I drank a liter of cognac I threw it down upon her back But she just laughed and said That she just didn't want to I thought I'd have another go I called her my little hoe I felt like my soul, my soul must feel When she said that she just never wanted to She just didn't want to I got the no pussy blues I got the no pussy blues I got the no pussy blues
That track you just heard was Deconstruction from Pitch Shifter. Before that was a uh, new side project from Nick Cave called Grinder Man. And that track was called No Pussy Blues. Uh, before that was Possessed with Confessions. And opening up the block was In Gallon Ring with their rendition of 15 Men on a Dead Man's Chest. Next up, a couple of intriguing stories from the Mad Science Chronicles. The first of which regards Janssen LP, a pharmaceutical company that largely deals with the mental health community. They're developing a new unit called the virtual, called virtual hallucinations uh, that aims to put the user into the mind of a severe schizophrenic. Through the use of video goggles and headphones, it immerses the user into two different scenarios. The first places the person on public transportation where fellow riders appear and disappear birds of prey claw and scratch at the windows and voices hiss he's taking you back to the FBI the other scenario places you in a pharmacy where it appears the pharmacist is trying to give you poison rather than medication and the other customers in the pharmacy look upon you in disgust Um, the poison versus medication debate is one for another time the application for this seeks to be in law enforcement and healthcare to help further expose them to the trials of the mentally ill and allow them to provide more sensitive and, and effective care. UC Davis is also working on a similar system that includes voices speaking in derogatory words, uh, calling the person fat, calling them worthless, various things like that. Um, music that starts and ends out of the blue randomly, and posters whose words shift and transform into hostile and negative images. So this is essentially a, a virtual reality setup that is intended to, to cause one to feel like they've lost their mind. Um, something else interesting I saw recently uh, in regards to schizophrenia was a story in Scientific American that reports that the genetics that relate to schizophrenia may actually be favored by evolution and thus will, will continue on as the, the race proceeds. Um, I'll put that article in the show notes as well up on the site. Um, I mentioned earlier a piece I have on the site about uh, farming humans to generate electricity. This next story is about farming farm animals uh, for fuel cells. As an alternative to corn-based ethanol, scientists at Ohio State are researching electricity generated by the breakdown of cellulose. Cellulose can be found in waste paper, um, things like corn stalks uh, left on the ground after the harvest rather than the corn itself, which is how they make ethanol now. Uh, They're also exploring a fluid called rumen, uh, which comes from the the largest of the stomachs in a cow's anatomy. The rumen is high in microbes that break down cellulose. So they're putting them into a fuel cell. The fuel cell has two chambers, one with the cellulose and, and stomach fluid and as the the fluid breaks down the cellulose electrons electrons are created which flow from the one chamber to a second chamber and create an electric current Uh, one team member of the study group says the power output of these fuel cells is sustainable indefinitely as long as we keep feeding the bacteria with cellulose There's no mention in the story that I saw, and I saw a couple similar stories that seemed basically to be rehashes of this one. There's no mention of a a synthetic version of the rumen that would be used 
um, instead of having to endlessly tap cattle stomachs for this juice. So there's a quandary in there for uh, somebody because it's pro-environment and yet they're digging into the guts of cows to get this sauce. Um, so which which picket sign do you take out of the Volvo on that day? Uh, this next story is out of Germany about a surgery that went south. Uh, the patient was undergoing brain surgery and the top of his skull was removed. The doctors placed the skull cap in a refrigerator to preserve it during the, the operation. Unfortunately, the fridge was defective and the skull cap spoiled and could not be put back on the man's head. The doctors then replaced the skull cap with a plastic prosthesis. I personally would assume that every skull was like a snowflake and you couldn't just grab an off-the-shelf prosthetic skull without running into some sort of issues as far as size, shape, those kinds of things. Anyway, uh, the man has since suffered headaches, balance issues, and sensitivity to weather. He sued the doctors for this whoops and was awarded what by American standards is a, a fairly puny sum uh, equal to $4,100 American. Uh, the reasoning that the court gave him behind the minimal judgment was that it was the surgery and not the skull cap that was causing all of his issues with balance and, and whatnot, and that the new skull, in all likelihood, was far better than the original. Uh, I hope that this guy's lawyer gave him the advice to go to McDonald's and spill some hot coffee on himself afterwards to really cash in on this. Um, uh, while we're on the subject of, of brain surgery, a uh, recent story out of the UK, a nine-year-old Yorkshire, England boy recently underwent brain surgery for a meningitis-related abscess on his brain. Uh, after the surgery, he didn't speak for weeks, he lost his ability to read and write, and was having some memory issues. Strangely, he was able to play both the piano and the trumpet better than he could prior to the surgery even though he, he didn't have any of these other faculties back yet. And then most curiously, when he finally did speak, his Yorkshire accent was gone and was replaced entirely by an accent in the Queen's English. Um, quite a difference. The mother had this to say about it. Uh, he suddenly said, look, I've made a sandcastle, but really stretched the vowels out, which made him sound quite posh. Uh, we just stared back at him we couldn't believe what we had just heard because he had a northern accent before his illness. But the strange thing was that he had no idea why we were staring at him. He just thought he was speaking normally. Another story along these lines that was also reported um, from the Daily Mail in the UK, uh, a Czech race car driver named Matej Kus started speaking fluent English after he was knocked unconscious in a racing accident, despite knowing only basic English phrases before the crash. Uh, the 18-year-old who made a full recovery was able to chat with paramedics as they treated his injuries. Uh, going back to the to the nine-year-old, um, he's made a full recovery in everything but his accent. Um, his memory, all of that came back, but his new accent um, has remained. So there you go. So, in honor of those stories, this next track is uh, from Cat Rapes Dog. It's called An Ass or a Brain. Uh, 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 uh,
der Todeskind. Der macht, dass Menschen nicht mehr leben wollen. slice of french toast sure you can here it is he says as he hands it out to all the boys and girls and they scream with delight as they run home and show it to their parents then mom takes the french toast from the kids to examine it more closely it has green mold growing right out of the crust and it smells like something awful And she throws it into the garbage can A rat comes along and eats it up And falls right over dead And his stomach bursts open and his liver pops out Everybody stands around with their hands on their mouths They really are disgusted Then The French toast man comes from right around the block And puts it in his French toast sock Ha, <laughs> ha, 
French toast man, he's on his way, he's got a slot full too. So evacuate your bowels and have a hot lunch and don't be late for school. And don't be late for school. And don't be late for school. track that you heard there was 
Alice from Sisters of Mercy. Before that was the French Toast Man from Fred Lane. Uh, Della Morte before that with the Death King. And opening that up was an ass for a brain from Cat Rape's Dog. The Daily Mail in England recently ran a curious story exploring an explanation for the orbs that are frequently considered evidence of a paranormal presence when they appear in photos. Uh, I'm not really sure how I feel about the whole orb phenomenon. I tend to be relatively unimpressed by it. Uh, I've seen some videos that are curious, uh, but still photos don't really do much to convince me. Uh, there are seemingly far too many explanations that aren't so mysterious that, that might sort of clarify what those are. But um, in the story, uh, it talks about Professor Klaus Heinemann, uh, a NASA researcher who was studying some personal photos uh, from a recent visit to a gathering of spiritual healers. And he began to notice an inordinate amount of these orbs in the photos. Uh, he decided to investigate further by revisiting the room and looking for something that may have attributed to the appearance of the orbs, mirrors, um, things like that. Uh, he found nothing that he could point to as the culprit uh, he investigated his wife's camera, uh, who had been taking some of the photos as well, found nothing there. Uh, and being in the line of work that he's in, uh, a researcher for, for NASA, um, he was reportedly quite thorough in, in his investigation of the camera because he was accustomed to working with microscopes and, and all of that kind of thing. Um, he began taking hundreds of photos at random events in an effort to reproduce the orbs and claims that the orbs would only appear in the photos that he was taking if he asked them to. Uh, this method was particularly effective at spiritual gatherings. Uh, he again sought a rational explanation and felt that he could definitively rule out things like dust and, and reflections and whatnot. Uh, he set up dozens of experiments with two cameras on stationary tripods and was able to determine that the orbs moved at speeds up to and sometimes even beyond 500 miles per hour and frequently the orb would appear on one photo and not on the other even though the photos were taken simultaneously with the two cameras. Heinemann felt the orbs were choosing which camera to appear on and whether to appear at all based on what he discovered there. Uh, this convinced him that he was what he was exploring was, was indeed of paranormal origin and even displayed some amount of intelligence. Uh, there's no doubt in my mind that the orbs may well be one of the most significant outside of this reality phenomena mankind has ever witnessed, uh, Professor Heinemann is quoted as saying. Uh, further he goes, until now there's been a huge amount of anecdotal evidence that the spirit world exists. I believe it is no longer anecdotal. Thanks to digital technology, we can see it for the first time. We are dealing with a non-physical, albeit real, phenomenon. Uh, earlier this year, there was a scientific conference dedicated to, strictly to orbs that was held in Sedona, Arizona, which is a place itself that's known for its spiritual energy. Uh, at the conference, uh, Michael Ledwith, a former theology professor and president of Maynooth College at the National University of Ireland and a member of the International Theological Commission at the Vatican had these things to say about the orb phenomenon. Quote, Over time, I realized that a flash seemed to be essential to capture them, even in daylight. I believe this is because we can see the orbs only through the process in physics known as fluorescence. Uh, 
The camera flash sparks this fluorescence process, making the orbs visible to the camera. I believe they could be many things. They may turn out to be the spirits of those who have passed on, or as some spiritual teachers state, they may be spirits waiting to be born into a physical body. They may also be or represent a host of other intelligences, from natural spirits to beings of pure energy that have never been incarnated in a physical form. There are hundreds of different types of orbs. End quote. Uh, a couple things from the experts here that seem a little suspect to me. The first being the need for a flash. I'm not a physicist by any stretch, but the flash is going to expose particles in the air that non-flash photography would not. Uh, finding that they only appear when a flash is used would seem much more easily explained by this phenomenon than by um, a more paranormal one. The story doesn't go into the control mechanisms of any of the experiments, but Heinemann and Ledwith have a book coming out shortly called The Orb Project, and that may or may not explain it further. Uh, the other thing this is the image appearing on one camera and not on the other when the photos were snapped simultaneously. If it was a dusk particle catching the flash illumination, then the proximity of the cameras would play a crucial role in whether or not it was visible. Perhaps it was right in front of one and several feet from the other. This too seems a more logical explanation to me than the orb's conscious decision of which camera to reveal itself to. And they claim to have ruled out dust as the cause, but with no explanation of the controlled environment, we pretty much just have to take their word for it. Um, as an aside, it was also a little curious to me that someone involved in a study of this kind has affiliations with the Vatican and the other with NASA. Um, interesting. We've now come to my favorite part of the show where I tell you if you hear one of your songs on the podcast and you don't want it on there, let me know and I will get rid of it. Um, if you want to get in touch, the website is www.spookatorium.org. Uh, if you want to send an email, that's uh, a new email address. It's professor at, the spookator at spookatorium.org. Um, there's a new section that I'm adding to the site called Tales that's going to be uh, stories for myself and others. Uh, so if you've got one, send it on in. I also set up a Flickr group for photos and artwork that relates to the strange and unusual paranormal roadside attractions, any of that kind of thing. So check that out. And also there's a, a forum that I've added to uh, a message board that I run already, and there'll be a link for that on the site. Uh, this next track is called Fear from November Novelette. Thank you. 
that is pretty much going to do it for this episode. Uh, the last track that you heard there was The Ascending of a New Dawn from Arcana. Before that was Fear from November Novelette. Uh, and playing in the background today, there are three different pieces. Uh, a segment of Towards the Inner Sun from Devaloka, uh, Ally Sorcerer from Novatron, and then the last segment there was uh, called Segment 6 through 7 uh, from Adam Infant Incubator. Uh, once again, thanks for listening, and be sure to check out www.spookatorium.org. Uh, if you need to get in touch, it's professor at spookatorium.org. And uh, if you've got any weird stories of your own, um, pass them along. Check out the Flickr group, check out the forum. And uh, this last track I'm going to play is from a French project that I think is pronounced Dobsiquir. And this is Generation Maudit Penetration Interdit.